This episode is brought to you by Turtle Straws. Um, it is a company started by my friend, uh, Mr. Alex Bruce. Um, if you guys have a look back through previous episodes, you'll actually find he featured um, as a guest on one of my episodes, and we went into a lot of detail um, about this company. Um, basically, they make uh, sustainable uh, drinking straws out of straw. Uh, so it's not like paper, where you, you pay your money and you have your straw and it falls apart after five minutes and it feels like you're sucking an old newspaper um, and it also isn't like plastic in that it is a completely natural product um, and does not last a thousand years on this planet. So if you guys head to uh, Instagram and you can find them at turtle at turtle dot straws um, and you can you can follow them, give them a follow there. Alternatively, you can head to turtlestraws.co.uk and you can check out their blog, see what they're um, they're up to um, in their kind of fight to to kind of raise awareness on plastic pollution. Um, as well as all the great, great products they sell. Uh, so yeah, take a look at that. Currently, if you actually go onto their Instagram, they're doing a bit of a deal at the moment where if you sort of DM them uh, with what's happening and everything like that, rather than going through Amazon, if you drop them a DM um, and give them your address and, and sort out the payment, everything, uh, they are selling their box of 50 straws for only three ninety nine. So you guys can have some, uh, as they say, sustainable sipping um, straight from your, from your living room. Because let's face it, we can't go to any bars right now um, but we still do like making the cocktails at the weekend to remind us what is out there. Um, so, guys, yeah, hope you're all uh, staying safe. Hope you're all staying inside. And please do enjoy the episode. Hello, friends. Uh, welcome to the next episode of the After Hours Lounge. Um, so, my guest this week, uh, his name is Finn Anderson. Weirdly enough, he actually went to school with my little brother, um, but I've never actually met him before. Um, I ended up, fi- I found his kind of story on, on Facebook. Um, unfortunately, last year, um, one of his closest friends um, committed suicide. Um, and in the wake of that, um, Finn and a couple of his friends or their friends uh, decided to set up a football team uh, called Mental Mechanics. Um, and it's all about kind of getting together, playing some football um, and then going for a pint after or wherever and chatting about their mental health. Uh, this was a really great episode, um, you know, a little bit more serious um, in terms of the, the mental health problems discussed. Um, so if you are sensitive to anything like that, tread with caution. Um, but I think we talked about it in a nice, candid and honest way. Um, I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Thank you. Boom. Welcome back to the next episode of the After Hours Lounge, guys. Thank you for being here. Um, I am joined by, actually, this is the first guest I've ever had on that I've never actually met in real life. Um, Hello, <laughs> Mr. Finn, Finn Anderson. Finn, how are you, mate? Hello, I'm I'm very good. Uh, enjoying quarantine in this lovely weather at the moment. I know. We, well, yeah. yeah. Just just before I hit record, we were just talking about you've you've got a real a real good setup for quarantine, haven't you? You've got yeah. Just re- arrived back from traveling for seven months, and then luckily my girlfriend has a family holiday home down in the borders in Scotland. Yeah. So we got to move into it. So we're now living in a lovely holiday home, having a wee holiday during right. quarantine. So it's quite nice. The only problem is the pub is closed that you walk to for dinner, so we can't do that at the moment. But right. Everything else is all good. <laughs> You're literally sat looking at the sea, which is uh, a good Yeah, spot. yeah. That's a real nice spot. Um, where were you, you travelling? Uh, so we did a lot of Southeast Asia. Um, yeah. So we did Thailand, Cambodia, Vietnam, Laos, and then off to Malaysia, then Malaysia out to Indonesia, and then we just finished in New Zealand. So we're in New Zealand for two months in a camper van, traveling about, doing some surfing. And also my brother and sister live there. So visiting them. Oh, Shout man. out as well. I've got my uh, 
Brothers Brewery on, on tonight. So Shining Peak, if anybody's ever in New Plymouth. Shining Peak Brewery? Yeah, Shining Peak Brewery. If you're ever in New Plymouth in New Zealand, make sure to pop in. Get a free pint from me if you listen to oh, this podcast and ask for uh, like. Luke Anderson at the bar. That is, that is what we like here. There's one thing we like on this podcast, it is beer. Yeah. But unfortunately, <laughs> you've said you've you've run out of beer. So those of you that follow me on the Instagram, you'll see tonight, I'm, I'm keeping it Scottish. I'm drinking an Innocent Gun Mango IPA, which is absolutely yeah. delightful. But Mango IPA. You've, uh, you're, on the, you're on the vino, aren't you, mate? You're on the vino. Yeah, I've got a, a lovely uh, red wine originating probably from France. Probably, I've no idea. Yeah. 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 You know, classic house red. <laughs> Absolutely. Nice, mate. nice. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we, we were just saying, so I, I mean, it's, it's lovely to have someone on with the same kind of accent as me, which is good. It's nice to have a, another yeah. on. But, um, you, we, you know, we, we grew up pretty much just across from each other. You were saying my little brother was in your, in your class at school. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of came across you, and the reason you're on this podcast is because you've... Um, well, you, you, you kind of started this um, this football team for kind of mental health and stuff after, um, unfortunately, your your friend committed suicide. Um, mm. So, well, before we get into that, tell tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell me, tell me, tell tell, tell the well, listeners. Well. Yeah, Ben Anderson, originally from a small town called Forest, which is right along from where Sandy's from in Nen on the Murray Coast. Yeah. Uh, and then sort of been there my whole life. And then after that, Went to university down in Edinburgh, studied tourism management for four years. And uh, once I did that, I moved into whiskey, involved with tourism. So I first worked for the Scotch Whiskey Experience in Edinburgh. I don't know if you've ever been to that, but it's a tourism, uh, tourism-based whiskey tour. And then from there, I then went to another whiskey bar called Scotch Malt Whiskey Society, which was like a private member's uh, whiskey bar, which is a lot of fun. And then basically from there, quit my job about eight months ago, went away traveling because I saved up enough and luckily met a wonderful girl just a year before we left, my girlfriend Zoe, who's from the Netherlands, who I met out in Edinburgh. And then we went traveling for eight months. And yeah, now I'm here, sat in uh, quarantine in Rockcliffe in the borders. Awesome. That's my life story in five seconds. That's it. That's good. That's short short and sharp. Um, Yeah. Oh, dude, that's that's sick. So, did you did you decide to go traveling because you'd fed you were fed up of your job, or did you just want to go traveling? No, I've always always had the idea of going traveling. Like ever since I was young, I remember I always put a wee bit of money aside when I have a job or something because I knew long term that I wanted to go traveling. Yeah. Uh, but then, obviously, did university, got that done, got my qualification. Then I was like, I still need a bit of money, so I worked away for a bit. And in that sort of two-year period, met Zoe, and then she really wanted to go, but she had to finish her university career, her university yeah. year as well. So I meant I delayed for another year at the end, and then we went away together once she'd graduated from university, and then that was it. Sick. It's good fun. Um, what's are you are you a, are you a bit of a whiskey connoisseur? Then do you find have you got have you got quite into it since like doing that as a job? Yeah, I forgot to actually mention, which is terrible of me as well. I actually started whiskey in the distillery in Boris, uh, Ben Romack distillery. So I used to go there for the summer. Yeah. Home, and because I was doing tourism, my mom told me I need to get a job within tourism. Of course, the best job in Forest to do with tourism, and probably the only job in Forest to do with tourism. I was say uh, that. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, whiskey. So I managed to work there for two summers, and then yeah. that drew me from there. But yeah, I've, I've I've tasted enough in my time to know a few whiskeys, and yeah, yeah. 
I enjoy it. But I've actually now decided I, I don't really think I'll be going back into whiskey now. I want to do something a wee bit different, more outdoorsy yeah. and something maybe just a bit different from getting people drunk every weekend sort of thing. <laughs> it's, always, it's always different, isn't it? Especially when you go, like you said, you've just been traveling and stuff like your eyes kind of do open up a little bit and you do, there's definitely a thing you, you do come back like a bit of a changed person, whether you want yeah. to or not. Um, Certainly. You, you will end up seeing certain different things, especially if you were somewhere like New Zealand and stuff, you'd be outside a lot and it, it looks mm. like a lovely way of life. I mean, I've not been, I lived in Australia for a while, but I, I came back from Australia with that in my head as well of like, I want to be outside, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like I felt when I came back or when I was traveling, I realized like, I wanted to make a bit more of an impact in the world. Like I'm only here for a set amount of time and yeah, whiskey's good. And I knew a lot about it and I, I could, I had the gift of the gab, got from that from my dad, George Anderson, he could just talk the days. Yeah, yeah. But I, I can sell whiskey and chat about it because I know the stuff, but actually at the end of the day, all I'm doing is getting people drunk. I'm not actually doing anything that's benefiting the world a lot more. As, as cliche as it is after being a traveler, you, you do realise a wee bit like, oh, maybe I should try and do something that's a bit more enjoyable and a bit, a bit more impact in the world. Yeah, it's yeah. nice doing what we're doing now with mental mechanics because then I feel, even though this is voluntary, it's something that we can really make a big difference. Well, it's something you can be, it's something, I think there's a lot to be said for like having having something to, you know, to be proud of. Like even for me with this podcast, like currently, currently I'm not earning any money from it, but I'd say with with what I do for a living and stuff, like this has taken complete precedent for, for like while we're on lockdown and I'm not as busy it's it's just become a complete project for me um and it's something that it's something that you you do kind of you're quite proud of aren't you and it's quite a nice mm-hmm. feeling and that's a better feeling than as you said going and going and like kind of showing other people yeah a good time but there's not necessarily anything meaningful in it is there yeah exactly you learn just to that you want you want to really try and help the world a bit more and like like it's so cliche but like I was on like hundreds of beaches when I was traveling Southeast Asia and you see all the plastic on the beach and you're just like, oh man. And like the smallest thing like that, now I'm like 100% recycling everything, trying to make a bigger, bigger impact from that. So it's little things like that you also pick up in your time. Oh, and then you just realize a bit more like, I guess because you're taking a break from everything and you're seeing the world a bit easier and you see sort of put in perspective what's actually important. And yeah, yeah. Like my brother, my brother, he works in a brewery, which is great, and he's really good at his like restaurant managing he's based in. Whereas my sister, she works for a charity and she works with fetal alcoholism, which is like basically helping uh, kids that have, um, when they've been in the womb, they the mother has drank. Yeah, so it yeah. means that they don't learn about uh, remorse, so they'll do actions over and over again, and they'll basically get in a lot of trouble and crying, oh, for instance. And she's like a carer who looks after them. And, and I seen that when I was out there in New Plymouth and seen what she was doing. And I was like, yeah, well, like she's did a complete career change. She went from nursing to that. Yeah. I was like, why don't I do something like that as well? Like It'll make me feel a lot better about myself in terms of what I want to do. And that could be as well not an effect from the loss of Charlie, and like I feel now, like you know, you need to actually try and make a bit more impact in the world. You just instead of sort of coasting along, maybe you should yeah, try and do something. It's a bit really, different. it's really easy to just like kind of sit in your bubble, stay in your lane a little yeah. bit. And I, I learned it last year. Last year, I, I made a complete career change, and I like decided to go self-employed and stuff, and and we're in a completely new industry. And it was a whole big thing for me and stuff. But in the last six months, I've been more satisfied in terms of work than I have ever in my life, you know? It's, That's the main thing. It's a really, yeah, it's, it's a really, really, really funny thing. 
Um, so you just said it. Let, let's get on to it then. So you, you're, uh, and again, we can talk about this as, as little or as much as you like. Tell, can you can you tell us a little bit about what happened with Charlie and stuff? Yeah, sure. Go on. Um, so last year, it was April, um, unfortunately, I got a phone call from Charlie's mum on April the 1st say that Charlie had been, uh, unfortunately, committed suicide and killed himself. Um, and he was suffering from mental health. It was certainly one, it is actually the biggest shock of my life that I've had in the 24 years that I've been on this world. And um, because mainly he expressed to his group of friends a wee bit of how much of a struggle he had. Um, and to certain friends, a bit more. To other friends like me, maybe a bit less. And mm. um, as a result, it made it even more of a shock to the system when we found out that unfortunately he uh, took his own life, um, which has been the knock-on effect that I have felt that now I want to try and make an impact because maybe I want to give people a platform to be able to freely speak about their emotions a lot more. Um, yeah, so that's it in terms of what happened with Charlie. He was a great mate, always a lot of fun, always had a great laugh, loved his rugby, his football. We'd always go to the Scottish rugby together at school and stuff. Yeah. And it was hard to see. Like, if you told me he had mental health issues, you would never actually think it. You would never say, oh, Charlie's got that issue. And yeah, yeah. that's the scare. I think that is the scariest and worrying thing about it is it's so easily hid. And without without ways of being able to communicate or as well society changing towards a much more openly speaking about it, then it's really hard to discover these things. And that's sort of the thing that for me I've always struggled with questioning after is if oh if as we all do in that scenario, if I did this or if I did that, or if I was more open to Charlie and he could maybe speak to me more. But I was back then like sixteen, seventeen year old male a lot of hormones coming through the body, yeah, yeah, yeah. acting all hard, and you, 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 all those things you now think, oh, why did I do that? But it's one of those that you reflect on now and you just have to go forward with it and turn it into something positive. So. I think so, mate. Yeah, and I think, like it's it like like you said, it is, it is so easy to hide. So I, I did, um, one of my previous episodes was done with my best mate who I lived with for the last year and a half, uh, called Ed, and we've travelled the world together for the last 10 years, all this stuff, and he... Um, when I did this podcast and first put it out, I, I've had like some some pretty pretty bad issues. It all culminated kind of end of 2018 um, for me, and my mum had to like basically fly me back up here and stuff. Um, and when I put this podcast out at the end of last year, my mate Ed, who I've lived with, he came to me and was like, "Dude, I had no idea." He was like, "I had I had no," idea. and he lived with me. Literally, we shared shared a flat, saw him every day, and you know we've known each other for nearly 10 years. And he was like. How did you hide that? Yeah, that's the. I still I'll question that to this day with Charlie. Like, I never really knew. I knew like sometimes he'd be a bit like classic Charlie. Me and my friends still joke about it. like he'd be a bit grumpy, and we said, "Oh, stop yeah, being, but- stop being so grumpy." And then you just think, "Oh, it's just Charlie." But then maybe like little bits like that, you could now start to see it more. But you wouldn't ever question it at the time because you're uh, just living in the moment uh, sort of thing. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. And I'll say for for me since I. Since I put this podcast, and obviously, you know, I, I talk, I mainly talk with other people, but I still talk about myself and stuff. And actually, just me talking about it on this has made me feel like infinitely better. And actually, since I've done it, a lot of my friends as well kind of came out the woodwork and said, "Oh yeah, I've had struggles with this, and I struggle with this." And I'm, I was like, I had no idea. You look like mm-hmm. you look like the most confident, got got your shit together guy I've I know. You know, 
But I also think in saying it that nobody is fully all perfect with mental health. I mean, before I would think, before this happened to Charlie, I felt like I had quite a positive outlook on life. It was pretty good going. And then things like this happen to everybody's lifetime. And they really can affect your own mental health. Like since Charlie has passed away, I've had a lot more issues in terms of dealing with my mental health, which yeah. is a good thing, though, in a way. Like it's good to question it and sort of be aware of it. And if you're going to hide it in yourself, then it's really hard to keep it hiding. Luckily, I have the most amazing girlfriend, Zoe. And during the last year, she's been the best shoulder to cry on yeah. and to speak to. And the best thing she has told me every time is if, I, if I'm having a down day and maybe I feel like crying, she just comes up to me and says, it's okay to cry. Yeah, and yeah. just that simple, like, few words say it's okay to cry and just let it out. And instead of building it all up, then it makes your world a hundred times easier if you yeah. just say that. And just having that on your shoulder and saying, look, it's fine. Don't worry. We're all going to have hard days. We're all going to have terrible days with this. And we're going to have great days as well. But just to say it's fine like yeah make people more aware that this this isn't something that anybody needs to hide it's something that unfortunately due to scottish society in particular that it has been hidden for a long time but luckily now i think young people are certainly driving forward and saying hey we don't want to be affected by this as much we want to change this perception which is great to see it's only just starting to begin but I think, yeah, I think, you know, like you said, like, it's so easy to walk around feeling like you're carrying all this weight on your head or in your head. And it does often, like, the the actual problems won't necessarily be so bad, but hiding them is the most exhausting thing Mm. in the world. Like, that's that triple, triples the whole thing because it it just makes you feel, like, so alone, doesn't it? Makes, you know... Exactly, yeah, that's... for For your friend Charlie, like, for him to feel that that alone... Is, is just insane, isn't it? You know, and you, you, you oh. sit there and unfortunately, you know, hindsight is a, a great and an awful thing. And in this case, it's probably pretty awful because you will sit there and you'll go, what could I have done? What could I have done? And it's so easy yeah. to do that. But at the same time, that's not the problem that needs to change. What needs to change is for the society so that Charlie felt like he could go, I'm going to talk, talk to my boys about this. Do you know, mm. that's, exactly. that's it, it needs to change at, at that level, not at the level of, Oh well, why don't you just tell me about it then? You know. Yeah. So, so with with that, obviously after that, you you've started um, sort of mental mechanics. So I've seen it on Facebook and stuff. But what talk me talk me through it? What's the deal? Yeah. So basically, well, me and uh, my best mate John, who I lived with for a couple of years in Edinburgh, we'd oh. always had the idea of just setting up a simple uh, football team in Edinburgh and just to have fun and kick a football around on the weekend and just enjoy it. Yeah. However, since then, uh, obviously Charlie that we've been talking about passed away and had, I've had quite a hard year with it, trying to deal with all the emotions and everything. And then must have been about six months ago now uh, when I was in, out in Indonesia, I can remember, I was out there. And then I started thinking, well, look, we need to turn this into something positive. And what, what can I do to try and change the perception in the society and young men in Scotland and help it and then it came back to the idea of the football team as a result from that I spoke to John I said look I want to do something where we create a football team but the difference being is an amateur football team where we want to create a platform for young people to feel free to speak about their emotions and 
I also then felt as well, I don't want to feel pressure of people coming into the club. I don't want them to feel like they have to come, even if they have, if they feel like they have a mental illness or they don't. I just want it to be a safe environment where people can come in, play a game of football on the weekend and have a good run around, get some fitness in them. But on top of that, sit down maybe at the end of the game or just speak to the friends within the team and say, look, I'm struggling with this or that and speak about it a lot more and speak about your emotion. Yeah, yeah. Um, for instance, I'll be trying to put that through a lot more, speaking about my journey with Charlie and my mental uh, issues with that and how I've overcome them and yeah. basically will try and share uh, our experiences to hopefully try and benefit the team to feel like they can start speaking about it. Absolutely. Same. I think, yeah, you, you, with, with these things, I think it, it is hard. And I think why there isn't more of these things is because I think you very much have to lead by example. And I think mm. that's, that's a really difficult thing for a lot of people. You know, you have to get over that hurdle in your own brain to go, right, I'm going to put all my shit out there to kind of show yes. that it's okay. And then other people will go, right, well, maybe I can start talking about my stuff, you know? Um, and how brave is that? Like to actually be able to stand up and say, look, I'm going to let people into my mind here that I yeah. never really want anybody to be in my mind but I'm going to tell them what I think from day-to-day -day life and my struggles yeah so it's something that's extremely hard to do but if you can do it then it's so beneficial for the community around I you. think yeah I think you, you know I I was I was pretty humbled even by my experience of of doing this podcast when I first started and the amount of kind of support I got of, of putting it out there and as I said people that came out and it did feel like as soon as I was like, right, I'm going to, and this is not me blowing my own trumpet. I mean, this is just my, from my experience, but I, as soon as I was like, I'm going to put my, myself out there, everyone else did as well. Everyone reciprocated. So I think mm. there's a lot of people almost waiting in the wings and like, it's always that way, isn't it? You know, everyone, everyone's always scared to be the first man out the plane, aren't they? You know, like, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't want to jump first. You jump first. No, you jump first, you know? Exactly. So that's why we wanted to create it. Like, I just wanted a platform, a place where people can come and, like, the whole design of the football team and everything around it is focused towards that as well. So it, if you're just feeling like, oh, you know, I've got had a bad day and I need to speak to somebody about it, then on the weekend, on the Saturday, come in, speak to us. Like, we're going to be there to chat with each other and create, like, a sort of family community feel as well and sort of want it to be everybody's in it together and we can help each other yeah and so that will help so we've also got a charity partner involved and so we're going to support calm and collective yeah yeah and yeah so they've been really good i've managed to get speaking with the owner and then and they've said look if you ever have somebody and you feel like they need extra help just direct them to us there's phone numbers there and the support so we're not going to be the hub of I'm going to be the counsel, the supporting team. No, no, no. If somebody comes to me and says, I'm really struggling with this, what can you do? Then we're going to sign, we'll be the signpost, basically. Yeah, you're the kind of, you're, you're there for them to take those first couple of steps and to yeah. actually go, right, we just had a lovely game of football and we're having, we're, we're sitting having a pint now and we're all talking mm -hmm. about stuff and it comes out and then they go, oh, fuck, it's coming out. Maybe I need to actually go and, you know, talk to someone about this. And I think, that's that's a difficult thing as well. Like, and I, you know, I always say on this as well. Like, I'm not a I'm not a therapist. I, I wouldn't even yeah. I wouldn't necessarily even consider myself an expert in this at all. All I'm doing is just I just I just like talking to people. Um, and I think you don't need to be an expert on it. But I think it with certain people and stuff. I think it is important that they do 
seek that help down the line. But mm-hmm. I think what you're doing and what's what's awesome about it is literally just getting getting the door open, you know? Yeah. And, and exactly. I, like we want to get the awareness out and sort of help people think about it a lot more. But we also want to so we're gonna be playing in uh, pink pink strips, stuff like that. Like I want to antagonize the classic like middle-aged Scottish man that doesn't speak about his motions, goes and wants to play football on the weekend and kick lumps into kids. And I want them to see like, oh, why are they wearing that pink kit? What a load of sort of piffs doing that. And you're like, actually, no, we're going to be doing this because we want to antagonise you and start questioning what we do. And then within our badge, I've got, so it's come from the name Mechanics from Forest Mechanics where I used to play a lot and sort of link that together with a mechanic on the logo and us working on the brain and just to start showing people little bits on the kit itself uh, what we want to do. And that's just all trying to bring the awareness. Like nearly everybody in the world is all in this together. Nobody actually in the world doesn't have any mental health problems. No, no. I think, you know, you look at, you look at anyone from, from like someone who, who you know, is, is unemployed to fucking post Malone like everyone doesn't matter what where you are on that spectrum like both you know in in terms of like your your financial success in terms of your family life anything I think everyone everyone has a demon or two in the closet um exactly and the only way you can sort of help that is being able to really speak about it and I think what's most important is having people around you to be able to speak to about it yeah. If you can't share your feelings with people you trust, then you're going to be so feel lost and isolated in that situation. I think so, mate. And I think I think what you're doing that's really nice as well is by tying it in with football, there's that initial interest there. So even if your first few times say you get some some kind of new guys coming in that maybe um you don't know that well and stuff, they mm-hmm. they still might oh, come, you may even just sort of play football the first the first two or three weekends. You might just play football, talk about football and stuff. And exercise in itself is is such an amazing, or sport is such an amazing oh, thing for it. Um, hugely. For me, actually, in the last year, oh, in, in my whole lifetime, I've always been quite sporty. Yeah. And I've used sport in a lot of times to help with problems, stress or stuff like that and just let it out a wee bit. And yeah. sport is such a big benefit for it. But I also think as well, it's like, each person is individual, so they need to find what they enjoy and what, what helps them get out of it. Because, like, for me, I like to sometimes go to the gym, pump the weights and, like, let the stress out that way. But for others, people are like, oh, I don't want to ever pump the weights at all. Yeah. But they need to find their, their hobby and their interest just to take your mind sometimes to switch off of your mental health issues well, I think and just so. to switch away. Yeah, I think I think that's super important. Like you know, for me, like I don't, I've never, I've never played football. Never been, never been a footballer at all. Like I, um, I've got, I, I've got really bad ears. I've got really bad hearing. So when I was younger, playing group sports and stuff, like I used to have, I had like five operations on my ears before I was eight years old. So I, I group sports, I just couldn't handle when I was a kid. <laughs> so I never, I never got into football at that young age. So I just never, I was never really into it at school and stuff. And then. As I when I turned eighteen and left school, I found uh, windsurfing. So like now, now like that's 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 like become my my kind of sport. And then most recently this year, I started um, Brazilian jiu jitsu, and that's like that's that's changed, that's made like that's unreal as well. That's but, pretty out there. It's cool. Oh, man, it's, pretty, it's so cool. But like I think it is really important to find and but as long as people know that that you don't have to go and play football because everyone else does. You don't have mm. to go and 
like especially up in Scotland, you know, you either you either play football, rugby, or golf. You know, yeah. Um, so and I never, I never, yeah, I never did. I never did any of those sports. I, I I wish I played rugby when I was younger. Like I'm I'm pretty big. I'm like almost six four and like ninety five kilos. So I. I, I, w- I would have probably been quite good at rugby, but yeah, you probably start for Scotland now. Isn't it? <laughs> but, but, but you know, I, I wish I wish I'd followed rugby a little bit more and gone down that path. But you know, I, I'm I'm not annoyed about it. I don't regret it. But you know, I I always felt a bit odd and didn't really feel included in all these sports because I was like, well, there's only three sports and I don't like any of them. You know, so it, it is funny, and I think a lot of people probably do find that, don't they? You know, a lot of people go, well, I want to start doing something, but do I want to? Yeah. I don't, and, and I think you are, a lot of people are stuck in terms of where they live as well, you know, like live in the middle of the city, you, you can't go and learn to surf or learn to mountain bike, can you, you know? Um, so well, I think- I've taken up surfing this year and I absolutely am obsessed now. Oh, really? So it's like something like that, like it, once you take something up and you find something that you love, then you'll put everything into it. Yeah, I absolutely love it now. And my sister was into it and she got me into it. And oh, that's cool. me and my girlfriend surf all the time when we could in New Zealand. And it's been great fun. So yeah, definitely in Scotland, we're going to start doing it a bit more, I think. Well, yeah, there's good, you get good, there's good spots at like St. Andrews and stuff. On the, mm-hmm. on the East Coast, you get some good, there's some good surf. And then you can head over to Ty, Tyree on the... Um, yeah, I've been checking the app Magic Seaweed. I've been long that looking at whether surfing's good in Scotland. So yeah, <laughs> been checking the reports. <laughs> There's some there, you do get some swell on the on the, the Murray Coast. You have to go to like Sand Sand End and like kind of yeah, Lossy, no Lossy. Yeah, yeah I've I've surfed at Lossy a couple of times. It is it's all right, but it's very it's very specific. Like it has ah, to okay. it has to work really well. You need to go a little bit further east to get I think it's I think it's called Sand End that's a bit better um but then and then I mean you can go up to Thurso Thurso East is like a world-class like barrel yeah well the dream is once we get up and running again is to buy a camper van and go up to Thurso and spend a few days up in Thurso me and my girlfriend and enjoy some surfing up there but I have to get a thick wetsuit on first I need to buy that (laughs) yeah yeah oh mate you need you need like you need a you definitely need a wetsuit I I windsurfed up here quite a lot over in Ardesia by the airport Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, it is. It's a different level of. Like, I, live on, <laughs> I live. I live on the south coast of England now, but so it's so different. Even even just out there, it's so different. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's different kettle of fish, Scotland. When it comes oh, mate, to you've got to be, you've got to be, you've got to be very hardy to to like walk <laughs> in Scotland. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely. I think I, that's also the uh, important bit that I should actually say about mental mechanics. Like, I don't want to feel like um, there has to be a certain standard for a club. So you don't have to be an amazing footballer to join. I mean, obviously, like, there'll be some footballers who are better than the others and they'll probably be able to get into the team quicker than the other two players. But I want them, anybody at any standard, to feel they're welcome at the club. And I know for a fact with any amateur football team that come a couple of games into the season, I'll only have 11 players probably playing that weekend and I'll need every one of you to play that game. So yeah. it's it's important to say that if you are interested in joining and you're feeling, oh, I'm not that good at football, then it's absolutely fine. It's We just want people involved and what you can do and it, it come along and just see what we're doing is great. And yeah. that's better for us. I guess that, I guess that, not to take away from it, but I, I, I guess that the football is almost coming second, isn't it? You know, yeah, it's absolutely. More about, it's, more, it's more of a, a platform to lift up the engaging in conversation rather than actually, we're going to win the league. You know? Yeah, well, that's exactly it. There's, I have personally no aspirations. I think 
my friend John would like to win the league, but I would love to win the league, of course. If we could win the league, it'd be super. But it's not about that at all. It's uh, just about coming out, having a game of football on the weekends and enjoying it. And then on top of that as well, like a lot of the teams usually be training, but we won't be doing training. It's just literally once a week, come along on a Saturday, play the game and go home. Like I don't want there to be a massive commitment to it. I just want it once a week, enjoy the football and don't worry about the standard of what you play. Trust yeah. me, I'm not even that good. Half the time, I'm fouling <laughs> the player. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that's. I think that's 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 awesome. So I I didn't realise. So you're actually you're actually going to be like entering in in leagues and like you know playing, playing yeah and all that stuff as well. That's, that's yeah. So it's under the bracket uh, LEFA L E A F A, but it's basically the amateur league in Edinburgh, right? Uh, that run it all and. Um, so they run a couple of leagues in, in the Edinburgh area and where we'll be going into on the Saturday league, there's like a couple of divisions, so three divisions that you can go and get promoted, go up to the next division and so on and so forth. Yeah. In terms of it. But it's pretty crazy as well in terms of, it's meant to be amateur football, but the cost involved in terms of uh, starting up an amateur football now team now is astronomical. I couldn't really? believe when I went to speak to them. And see for all the costs of like insurances, paying the ref, renting the pitch. I roughly worked out how much we'd need for a season. And it's about three grand uh, yeah. to play for the season. Yes. And it's just like, this is meant to be amateur football. Like, how can you be charging this amount of money to play in a league? Yeah, yeah. But it is what it is. It's the only league and the only administration that do it. So... Are you, uh, are, you doing, uh, are you doing are you doing things to try and raise those funds then? Are you doing like a crowdfunder or uh, anything? Uh, yeah, we just, we were on our uh, website or Facebook or Twitter. We have Instagram as well. We have everything now. Awesome. Uh, after we got in the Forest Gazette that we've seen. That's where, yeah, big shout out to the Forest Gazette. And, <laughs> uh, we got in that and then we got a lot of publicity. So we realised we need to become a bit more professional. So now we have a, a Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and now my girlfriend's just made us a lovely new website. So if you're ever interested, awesome. www.mentalmechanicsfc.co.uk. Awesome. And you can now click on there. And then within there, there's a link to our GoFundMe page. Currently have about £2,000 in there, so it's going oh, really man. well. In terms That's amazing. Of, yeah, it's madness. We're so surprised. Since the uh, news article... We've had so much interest and so much uh, people putting some money towards it that it's really actually touched the, the committee. I've yeah. been so surprised at how much people want to put money behind us and sort of make us go forward, which is really nice to see. So we're doing quite well fundraising, but on top of that, we'll still keep on uh, raising money through the seasons. We have a couple of ideas at the moment during the season, but I want them also to be social things as well, so... Yeah. We don't know exactly what we're going to do, but like something like a bingo night and stuff like that. Yeah, just yeah, so that we can get people together and have a drink, have a fun laugh, and also at the same time raise uh, money for charity. Have been in talks as well with uh, Forest Mechanics, the actual official team. Yeah. And they're taking it to the board at the moment to ask if we can have a charity preseason match for them, which would be great to have. So that would be up in Forest. So we take the team up there and play a game against oh, Forest Mechanics. would be really nice. So that could be a way of fundraising as well. But now, for now, we're just doing the GoFundMe page and a couple of scratch cards and stuff on the Facebook page in terms of following it. And awesome. then we'll just see where we go from there in terms of raising the money. But I think with the raising the money as well, it's important that we use it as a social way as well for the club so that 
people get involved as well outside of the game on the Saturday and they can come along and we can have fun together and have a drink and a laugh. Which, well, I think which that, is yeah, really that's important. it as well, because there, there, be, there will be certain people that maybe like they really want to get involved, but like they might not want to play. Oh, yeah, exactly. Or... You know. Our uh, so well, we call him our social secretary, but Lord and also, but Kyle, he he isn't exactly much of a footballer, and he I, knows he's getting involved for the fun social side of things. So that's a good point as well. Even if you if you don't play football, but want to get involved and want to help organise, just contact us. Like we want as many people involved as possible and to grow the club in any way, which is great. So it's important to say, actually, you don't even need to play football if you want to get involved. Just oh, speak yeah. to us, contact us on our Facebook page, or if you go to the website, there's a contact form on the end there, and that will come directly to our official email that we now have as well. Oh, so I'll be able to get in contact with you there as well. So yeah. Oh, awesome, mate. Well, I'll put, when, yeah, when, when this goes up, everyone who sees this on Facebook, go to the link underneath here and give them some... Perfect. Give them yeah. Some- and we'll put we'll put on our latest news on our website your podcast as well. So good man, all, yeah. all, uh, sharing. You got nothing else to spend your money on at the moment, people. So. No, exactly. <laughs> and my girlfriend did such good work that we had to put it all online and show show off what she did. She did uh, public relations for four years, and then I said to, her, "Wow." It's actually amazing. You, you really did learn a lot at university. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> something useful. That's good. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Once you set up, like when I set this up and started to speak to people and friends of mine who have got involved, the amount of skills I have within my friends. So somebody I know, Joe, he's made the whole badge and the logo for us. Yeah, yeah. And I've got a friend, Michael, who is a bus driver in Edinburgh. He does the tourism bus drives. He said, oh, if you ever need a bus, speak to me. I'll get it cheap <laughs> or we can get it free. And it's just little things like that. You start speaking to people and the you know, madness, the actual level of skill you have around you when you have people you well know. i think as well i think as well with something like this and things like at the end of the day with what you're doing with mental mechanic like you're doing something good and i think a lot of people have recognized that and gone you know even if they do have these skills and stuff they're like they don't need to give those skills to you but they're like even if they're mm-hmm. you know just just an acquaintance not necessarily a close friend but they're like well yeah i'm, I'm gonna help you out because you're doing something good that goes back to what we were saying earlier like it's nice to feel like you've done something good isn't it you know yeah Exactly, and then that another, another yeah. one we had was uh, we've managed to secure a sponsor called Mossett Consulting. He's a financial consultant in Edinburgh, right? And he's originally from Forres, and his name's come from the home stadium of Forres Mechanics, which is Mossett Park. Yeah. And he just out of the blue said, "Hey, I'm from Forres. Absolutely love the idea. I want to be a sponsor." And he just gave us eight hundred pounds, and I was like, "What? Like, Amazing. I know it's just crazy. Like people like that, and you're like, wow, it's." really quite nice and rewarding in terms of what you get from oh man i think that's i think i think it's awesome i think it's it's really really cool what you're doing and i think you yeah it's it's all it's all well deserved so i mean before you before you started all this and and um you know before charlie um passed away and stuff did you we, we spoke about it a little bit earlier but were you kind of aware of of like mental health and stuff then or was it very much just on the corners of your mind kind of thing uh Absolutely, it was on the corner of my mind. Like, I was the classic, like, Scottish young male guy, like, didn't even really think about it, just thought, oh, life's great, like, positive outlook on life. And, like, my perception on, like, then was, like, if you had 
a mental health issue or a problem, I would be like, oh, well, why don't you just go and do some sport and that will heal it, like, and that will make yeah, you yeah. better. Yeah. And, like, now I look back and I just regret so much. Not regret it, but you just think, oh, what a numpty, like, what were you doing back then? Thinking, like, you can just do some exercise and it'll be all better. Yeah, so yeah. before Charlie, I never really thought or realized that I would have mental health issues and now since Charlie and dealing with Charlie's grief I've really felt like I've grown in that in terms of being able to speak about it and actually more importantly think what's going through my own mind because before that you would just be like oh yeah I'm just a wee bit down it's not even anything that important and then you're burying it then yeah but now I'm like oh okay, and this is something that I've got to deal with right now or else I'm going to bury this and this is going to be 20 times harder in a couple of weeks' time. It, exactly. Yeah. It's going to be, there's going to be twice as much soil piled on top of it as mm-hmm. you bury it deeper and deeper and deeper and it's going to be even harder to dig back up, you know. Um, it's, you know, it, it, it is, I think, that's one of the biggest things about that like you've just touched on is actually just having an awareness of, like, how your brain's working, I think, is such a good thing. Like, for me now... If I'm like, I think there's a lot of like to be said for like steering into the skid a little bit as well. Like if I'm having a bad day, I now know in my brain when I'm having a bad day and I'm like, um, I'm feeling really negative about everything. Like <laughs> this isn't good. So I, I, I have my ways of, of stopping that, but I kind of steer into it now. If I'm like, well, I'm having a bad day. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to accept it. And mm. if I don't want to work out today, I don't need to work out. Or if I fancy going and, you know, putting Star Wars on and watching that all afternoon, then I can, you know, rather than, exactly. rather than going, oh, I, I need to go and do something and make myself feel better. Like, yeah, I need to go and do some exercise or I need to go and, you yeah. know, go outside and all this. Like, I think there's a, there's a lot to be said for like, ev- everyone is different and everyone will have their own kind of like coping mechanisms for it. But to be able to notice, I think is the most important bit. It's so easy to then just put on the face as well. Like the easy route is to go, oh, I'm having a hard day. So what I'm going to do is just pretend that I'm not having a hard yeah. day and it's going to be easier. But I, I've learned in this last year that, if, especially with dealing with grief in terms of what happened with Charlie, that if I do bear it, then it's just going to come back oh, 10 man. times harder. For and sure. you're like, oh, what the heck am I doing? Dealing with that? And then that goes back to Zoe and my girlfriend and her saying, look, if you don't deal with this now, then you're never going to be able to cope. And, and it's going to be so much harder. Yeah, and yeah. Without her, in terms of my uh, journey with it all, I wouldn't have been able to do that because she's been the one to be able to put that awareness towards me. So yeah. now I also want to do that with mental mechanics. I want to create that awareness. And then somebody comes to me and says, oh, I've been putting this down and forgetting about it and it's not great. And then you say, actually, no, you shouldn't be doing that. You should yeah. be trying to help with it and then going further if you need more help go to calm or go to other charities and speak to people about it because they do great work and they're the guys that can really help you reach out and start to deal with your mental health yourself yeah i think so mate like yeah you've it's very very eloquent mate put perfectly like just <laughs> you know i think i think that is my dad's got the gift of the gab so do i <laughs> it's, good, it's good it's good um yeah no i think i think it's it is it is mad and it's 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 awful and it's terrible that it took something like that and this is not not taking anything away from you but it's awful that it took that and i'm sure you think this as well it took that to happen for you to go fuck this is a thing you know mm. mental health is it's a real thing it's not a 
yeah, go go for a run and you'll feel better thing, you know? There's yeah, there's a, a real kicker. Like, it's really hard to take that in and, like, learn from it. And then, for me, like, look back in terms of when I was, like, 18, sort of 17, 18, then with Charlie and then, like, how I was and then to reflect on that now. And yeah. it's really hard to do that, but it was so important to do me now and now to try and change myself in a way and say look you need to actually try and be a lot more open to mental health and there'll be so many people in the same scenario that I was in in and they still probably are in in terms of their perception on mental health and that's where the change really needs to happen in terms of changing society is those people need to actually take a look at themselves and think oh, what's this new, what's this thing that everybody's starting to talk about now, these young folk, mental health? And that's yeah. what we want to do is you, those people out there that are just thinking like that, they need to change perception or else there's going to be a lot more fatalities. There's going to be a lot more people with issues. Yeah. And yeah. the only way we can help that as a whole is everybody together. Yeah. And change yeah. perception. Well, that's it. And I think there's, there's so many sides to mental health as well that I think a lot of people don't necessarily appreciate. People just go, oh, uh, mental health issues it just means you're depressed it just means you're sad all the time yeah like that, that's such a narrow that's a bit like saying, <laughs> oh oh you're ill you're ill you've got a cold doesn't you know even if you've got a sore stomach it's like now nah, you've got a cold mate you know there's yeah. there's so many different sides of it you know you can you can have anxiety and, and panic attacks you can just feel like low and stuff there's, mm-hmm. I mean, that's why it's such a difficult thing because it's so difficult to put a, a label on it isn't it you know yeah it, there's no there's no like clinical yes or no does he need this tablet to make him feel better you know um because there isn't one you know they yeah they can prescribe you all this stuff but it, it doesn't, doesn't fucking work it does it does nothing i don't agree with it no i don't i don't either you yeah. know i've got friends and family that have have been on it in the past and stuff and it, it's not it's not good stuff you know no um and it's difficult and you know for me the only way i found i felt better is by going well actually i'm, I'm just going to talk about this yeah and that's the best thing to do like it is the best thing to do is just speak like I've never felt better in myself and mentally after I've had like a good cry yeah and a good and good speak about it and just spoken to Zoe and just said oh look like this is why I'm crying this is why I'm feeling bad and then it's so relieving after that weight off your shoulder and you're like yeah, yeah. what what the heck like I didn't even realize I was feeling like you get that build up towards it, and then you yeah, suddenly have that you're like a, that complete breakdown, and then you go, "Oh wow, I didn't even like." I now feel a hundred times better, and I also know now like I didn't need to be stressing so much about how I was feeling. I just needed to let it out. That's it. <laughs> I think you feel you end up feeling like the, you know, you're like you're like a pot of boiling water, and it's all boiling up, and it's like spilling over the sides and all this. And then I found it as well. Like I, my my girlfriend's really supportive of me and stuff, and I. Like, you know, I can feel myself getting like irritable as well. And I'm like, but it's nothing to do with her. And I'll be like annoyed and stuff. And then (laughs) actually just be like, look, just tell me what you're thinking. Just tell me exactly what's in your brain. And I say it and I'm like, oh, I feel feel better now. And you you go from like, you go from like one to a hundred, don't you? You just feel like a a completely new person. Or I certainly do anyway. Um, Yeah, I think in men that's quite common as well is to build it up and then just become that grumpy old yeah. like sod and you're just like horrible and like the smallest thing really affects you and then it's just like 
Well, then, you yeah. let out and you're like, what the heck was I doing all that for? And why was I so, like, grumpy about the smallest thing? Like, That's it. And I think it's it's always better to go and talk about it rather than go and smash a plate or punch a wall and stuff, you know, which <laughs> yeah. so many people do, you know. Like, you know, I think it's it's that's that's a really big thing as well like that whole frustration and like pressure like trying to relieve that and and without resorting to yeah breaking all your knuckles punching a wall which i have friends that have done that you know um in forest <laughs> mate um so yeah you'd say you'd say your whole outlook's been been pretty much completely changed by this then and obviously well obviously now it's become it's become a huge part of your life with the mental mechanics you know um mm-hmm. So it's it's I think I think it's epic, mate. I think it's really cool. Oh, I feel as as hard as the losing Charlie is, and I'll I'll miss him for the rest of my life. I feel personally in a place far better than I would have been five years ago, sort of thing. Like in terms of being open and understanding people a lot more, I feel like I can be that person that you can come and speak to now and which is really nice to feel like before I would have been just so shallow and like, oh, it doesn't matter about that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I think just, you just regret that and think, why was I that shallow and naive to it all? But then it's also that point of how, how well people can hide it and you don't realise, yeah, which yeah. is easy to also be within what, how I was five years ago, easy to be in that because you don't see it a lot because people don't speak about a lot and then when somebody comes up to you and they if they say to you i've actually got some issue like i was saying about charlie i just wish maybe he had spoken to me a bit more about it and then i could have started to change my perception on it and that's maybe what's probably one of the most important things for people now with it is to feel comfortable to speak about it but also speak to these people and challenge them and say look stop being so naive and start waking up to the real world and that's what I wanted to also do with mental mechanics. I was just saying, I want to play in pink and I want to aggravate these people who don't think about it and go, oh, why are they in pink? Why have they got this badge? What are they talking about? Calm, collective. Yeah. What is all this? And you that's want to make a that. Don't you? you want to yeah. make a real definitive statement where they go, they're, yeah, like you said, aggravate them and they're like, hang on a minute. You, you're for- yeah. forcing them to pay attention to it. You know? Um, have you found... Have you found that, like, you're, you're and yours and Charlie's, like, mutual friends, like, in your friend group and stuff, have you found that they've they've also all become a bit more open, or would you say, is it kind of just you? Uh, no, I feel certainly, like, a lot of my friends, my, our close friends within, our, we had a group, tight group of about eight friends. Right. Uh, we were all pretty close before, and then after, I felt like we're now more open to certainly speaking yeah, yeah. individually about emotions. And before, I wouldn't simply ask like I would say how are you but it was just like uh, oh how are you starting the conversation question but now it's like a especially with a couple of closer friends in the group like oh how are you getting on like how are you feeling and we now would express to each other look I'm not doing well with this I had a bad few weeks or I've been struggling with this and now we feel a lot more open uh, together it's still got time though I still feel like a lot of us could work on it a bit more and yeah. hopefully over time it can it that's can. it mate. i think it's it, it's a marathon not a sprint and i think you one one thing you don't want to do you can't force people into doing it because then that'll push them further mm. away you know if you're trying to force someone to to talk about their issues and trying to you know really trying to like pick at a scab if you know what i mean like it's 
it, it's it's not going to work. I think people need to do it on their own terms. You know, um, I think it's very easy for people to feel pressured into, well, everyone else is talking about it, so I have to as well. But they might go, yeah. I might be ready to do it next week, you know. And I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that either, you know. No, not at all. I certainly feel as well out of my uh, friend group from Forest that was involved with this that I'm probably one of the ones that most turned around in terms of it. Like I can remember being at the funeral and I was the first one to break down and cry out of my group of friends. Yeah. And then one of my good friends, uh, Andy Rogers, he said, oh, you know, that's probably the nicest thing I've seen at the funeral because you used to be always the one that would be like the one that would hide his emotions and act a bit harder. Yeah, yeah. And you were the first one to sort of break down and cry. And it actually meant a lot to me seeing you being able to cry and say, look, guys, I want to express it. It's okay to cry here and I want to express it. It's okay to... They probably, they probably felt some of them that weren't necessarily as, you know, uh, they, they were trying to hold it in. When they saw you start start crying or start getting emotional about it, they were probably like, well... If he's doing it, maybe I'm allowed to do it as well. You know. Yeah, um, and that goes back to it all about speaking about it. Like, exactly. if he speaks about mental health, maybe he can speak about mental, health or she can speak about mental health. And it's it's that thing that we, as people, as advocates of it right now, we really are driving to change that perception of it and just allow people to speak and just make people feel a bit more like it's just fine to speak about your emotions. There's no yeah, yeah. harm. There's literally. Yeah, well, we've just yeah, we've just talked about it for ages. You know, it's it's yeah. not, and it's not it's not a thing. I think once you once you get a little bit more used to it, you kind of end up just like blabbering on about it, don't you? You're all, it almost yeah. just, like verbal diarrhea, just <laughs> you know. Um, and I don't, you know, that that's not a problem. But it is funny when you you kind of turn this corner. I, I certainly have of this corner, and now I like as soon as I get going, I can't stop talking about it. You know, whereas this time last year, I was you know I was closed book. I was I was still mm. really struggling with it, and you know I'd be like, well, I'll, I'll talk. I'd like two people that I'd talk to, two or three people, and other than that, you know. Whereas I think as I've opened it out, I've almost become more and more passionate about it, you know. Yeah, certainly from my experience, like if you're listening and thinking about this, and you're you're a closed book, I just want to say, like, if you are a closed book and feel like you can't speak to people, I know how much I have regretted that Charlie wasn't able to speak to me. And the fact that now I would want him to speak to me, and if you're sitting there thinking, oh, I'm a closed book, I don't want to speak about it, that it will be so many people that are around you in your community and friends and family that would love to hear okay. that you're not doing okay because it would mean the world to them that they could yeah. be able to try and speak to you and help with you because if not, you'll be like me sat here setting up a silly football team because you had such a big regret in your life that you couldn't help my close friend out and being able yeah. to speak to you about it. <laughs> that's, that's beautifully said, mate. Really, really nicely said. Like my, you know, my friend said it as well. They were like, I'd rather you talk to me on the phone for an hour than have to stand up and talk for 10 minutes at your funeral. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I hope that's not distasteful or anything, but that, that, that rung, it struck a real chord with me when one of my friends said that. He was like, I'd rather talk to you on the phone for... 20 minutes and you're not you're not bothering me i think there's this whole thing about bothering isn't it oh, no, I, don't, I don't want to bother my mates i don't want to burden them with it you know and my mates have all been like it's, it's not burden you're my friend i want it i want yeah. it and he said i'd rather listen to you for 20 minutes on the phone than have to stand up and talk to you at your funeral you know 
Um, and I think that, that, that really like, that really hit me there. Obviously I've, um, I've, I've not had, um, an issue with, with my friend like, like you have, but I think that's, that's one of the biggest things is that it's not, it's not a burden. Like, no, no people, people hold these things in and think for the, like, ah, it's really hard thing to speak about. And then when you actually speak about people be like, Oh, what? It's not even that big a deal, mate. Like we're here to help you. And you can speak about, I can remember my friend coming out, uh, one of our close friends before as well, he came out to us as gay and he clearly was really struggling with telling us and we're in the pub and he brought us all outside the pub and he said, Oh, I've got something really important to tell you all. Uh, I'm gay. And we're like, yeah, wicked mate. And he was like, Oh, do we need to do it? Well, I've been thinking about this for hours and I'm stressed so much about this. And we're like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. And it's the exact same with mental health. Like, yeah. Nobody's going to turn around to you if he's a good friend or a family member or something like that and say, oh, what the heck are you speaking to me about this? Like, <laughs> it's ridiculous. And you don't ever need to build it up inside yourself when there's people around you that, that would want yeah. to help you. Did you have um, did you have did you have any idea that your that your friend was like was gay or anything or he was hiding? Uh, no, we thought our other friend was going to be the gay one, but oh, he really? definitely is not gay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I did certainly, yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I thought it was going to be a different one, and then Connor. That's the thing, isn't it? Even something yeah. like that is such a that's such a mass a massive thing to hide from like your like close group of mates, isn't it? You know. Yeah. And it's that's 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 good that he. That he told you guys, you know. Yeah, it's good. He probably, but I just loved his reaction when we were like, "Oh yeah, it's wicked, mate." Go on. <laughs> He's like, "Wait a minute, shouldn't you be <laughs> be like me and you know getting rid yeah. of?" Him? Yeah. Oh, we still ripped him a little bit, but not like in terms of taking the mick out of it. But we're ripping him for being so panicked about it. And well, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's like boy, you know. I think like men or you know boys, men are, are always going to do that. Like me and me and all my mates, like we are horrible to each other like horrible to each other and like boys always are and stuff but i think what's important and i find that hilarious like i love it when me and all my mates we all just tear into each other but as long as you kind of know that behind that they're all like they're there for you and they're all like yeah, yeah there's that love there's yeah. always like i same with charlie like oh me and charlie and all our group friends we'd always take the mickey out of each other like yeah, yeah. all the time have a laugh but at the end of the day there's so much love to be had between us all. And like, you don't, if you have something that's more important, like a higher ground in terms of talking about your mental health, or if you're going to come out with gay or something, then we're just going to support you wherever you exactly. want. We are mates at the end of the day. We're exactly. not, we're not a Catholic priests or something. That's no, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> exactly. I think, I think that's the biggest thing as well, isn't it? You know, getting over that. It's still okay to like, you know, rip the shit out of each other and like, you know, do mm-hmm. all that. But as long as as long as everyone knows, and I think you know, most friend groups they do. As long as you know that there is that side, I think that's what that's that's what's going to hopefully encourage people to um to talk a bit more. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Thanks. Nice, mate. So uh, I've just seen you finish your wine. I finished my beer. Um, yeah, I think I think we'll 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 kind of round it round it off there, mate. I think um I will say like, mate, you're doing you're doing fucking good things, mate. You're doing Thank you very much. Um. Quick, quick thing before I go, I like to ask you, you know, a few, few little questions. Um, favorite place? Where's your, where's your happy place? If you could be, click your oh. fingers anywhere right now. Where, where would you be? Say, there's no, no lockdown, mate. This is in a year's time when everything's good again. Where, where do you want to be? Uh, okay, yeah, Cur- uh, Curio Bay. 
in uh, South Island, New Zealand, where yeah. I went surfing and there was dolphins all around me. Oh, and man. they were coming up to, to the board and touching the end of the board. And that was one of the most magical moments of my life. It was so <laughs> sick. Yeah. yeah, Curio Bay, South Island. If you're ever in New Zealand and you want to go surfing with dolphins, go down all the way down to Invercargill and then you're nearly there. Sick. You'll find some dolphins to go surfing with. It's mental. Was it? Yeah, it's wicked. That's epic. That's epic. Uh, favorite favorite movie? I love I love watching movies. I'm a real movie man. Oh. Are you a you a movie guy? Yeah. You- yeah, I'm a good movie guy. We were talking about this weirdly today, me and my girlfriend, and I think. The boat that rocked. I absolutely love that. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, film. <laughs> it's a good film. <laughs> that's a good film. Yeah, I we had the quiz for the mental mechanics. It was like meet the committee, and yeah. in there it said your favorite film, and I picked like Lord of the Rings down, which is up there. Certainly one of my favorite films. And I was talking about the boat that rocked today, and I was like, actually, that's much better than Lord of the Rings. I think it's difficult, isn't it? There's always you can be in different moods. Like the boat that rocked and Lord of the Rings. There's two completely different moods. Yeah, you know? yeah. Did you? Yeah. Uh, when you're in New Zealand, did you go and did you go and visit the sets? Did you go and see any Lord of the Rings stuff? Nah, it cost too much money. <laughs> oh, <my laughs> yeah, it was well expensive. Like Hobbit Land was like nearly two hundred dollars. New Zealand, New Zealand dollars, so a hundred pounds. But I suppose, I suppose, uh, when you're there, like just looking around in New Zealand, you must just feel yeah. like Middle Earth anyway. Exactly. Yeah, it was yeah. pretty sick. Just going it's around, on, being like, oh, like looking at the mountains. Like, I wonder if they filmed a scene up there. Yeah, yeah. This is where they were running over up behind the orcs chasing after them and oh, stuff. Mate, like that. It's so yeah. good. I, I, oh, I love Lord of the Rings. It's, it's a classic. Um, and then finally, fav, favorite sport. Like, what's your what's your favorite? Yeah, favorite thing to be doing. Well, it would have been football, but actually now it's surfing. Really? Yeah, it's surfing now. I'm obsessed. Like, epic, mate. Yeah, love yeah. it. Did you? So have you only done it in New Zealand? Have you done it up in Scotland? Uh, we so we just started when we were travelling. So yeah. I started learning. We did a first lesson in Indonesia. In did Bath- a few times in Indonesia, and then got to New Zealand. Yeah. My sister had like a couple of boards, and we just would go like when we were staying in New Plymouth, we go every other day down to the beach and just surfing, and then yeah, getting, getting all right. But I'm still in the learning stage for sure. I'm able to go down the wave now. Stay standing look a bit to the left to the right and then I'm like oh I don't really know which way I'm going now should I go left or right <laughs> yeah yeah and I fall off yeah <laughs> uh, dude it's, it's one of those sports like it's a bit like you know um, you know windsurfing and all this stuff every sport to a certain extent where like you're never you're never going to be like satisfied with it and that's the yeah. best the best and worst thing like even when you're even when you're like getting barreled or doing airs or anything like that you're still going to be like Oh well, that was that wasn't as good. That wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. Or next time, well, I that wave better over there. Yeah. I should have got the third one of the set. Yeah, not the yeah. second. Exactly. <laughs> but it is one of those things, and it's it's awesome because it means you know, like for me, I've been windsurfing just on coming up on ten or ten years, and I'm still like, I'm still nowhere near where I want to be. Like if I look back ten years ago to like the level I got to now, I'd be like, well. I'd be like, well, you've got further than you did, but now I'm actually there. I'm like, no, I'm, I want to learn this now. I want to learn yeah. this now, you know? Yeah. It's, but it, it's one of those things. It's, it's a really satisfying thing, actually, to know that you're just, you're kind of forever chasing something that's going to be running faster than you. I like that you're also like, it's involving the elements and you can have a great day with the elements and you can have a really bad day and you don't know until you really get there and you're out there and you're like, oh, okay. You are. So it's going to be a good day or a bad day or is it going to be hard? And then it can go off, it can go on and... I like all that involved with it as well. Yeah, yeah. You're at the mercy of the gods, mate. Yeah. 
it's one of those things I think it is nice and you know you know I, I think that's why it is nice because you are kind of just using nature and there's a lot to be said there's a lot of like stuff about kind of surf therapy in you know for mental health as well and they take a lot of um soldiers with PTSD out surfing in America there's a lot of stuff about it and it's there's a really good no- documentary on Netflix about it actually I can't remember what it's called um uh, and that's all these dudes that have been out in the Middle East and they've been blown up and lost arms and all this and they crazy. These, these guys take them out surfing there's a thing in the UK called the Wave Project and they, ah, they yeah yeah they, they do it as well they they um take you new know, inner city kids out surfing and show them the ocean and some of them, yeah. some of them haven't even seen the sea before you know, and they go and they go and push them into waves. These kids must be like, "What is going? On? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> gonna yeah. get eaten up?" <laughs> exactly. Am I gonna get eaten by a shark? You know, <laughs> it's it's crazy, but it, I think it does it does absolute wonders for it. Um, mm. Like sur- surfing, or just for me being in the ocean, like it's it, it. There is a weird thing that happens, I think, to to you when you go in the sea. Ah, oh, it's just a, it's as you say, God's mercy sort of thing, and you're involved yeah. in it all, and you're. You're a part of it, which is nice, and you, you feel a part of it when you're riding the wave and going along. Yeah, mate, it's an awesome feeling. Um, but yeah, guys, so as I said, um, please please check out Mental Mechanics on Facebook. Yeah. So it's just Men- Mental Mechanics on Facebook. What's the name on the Instagram? Oh, uh, well, that's a good question. But if you go <laughs> if you go to www.mentalmechanicsfc.co.uk, you'll have all the links there to them. And then on Facebook, it's just Mental Mechanics FC. Right. And the, the Twitter and the Instagram, I can't remember off the top of my head right now. But it'll, it'll be, be on the website. website right? there. Yeah, yeah. And we'll be playing on Saturdays, probably in Edinburgh in a park called Harrison Park. Right. Ah, uh, interesting. Well, that's where we'll be playing once a week on a Saturday, hopefully. Occasional midweek game as well with the league will be laughing once this hopefully all blows over and we're out of quarantine and can yeah. actually contact with each other again and not have to be two meters away so. nice so yeah guys uh, just follow all that and uh, you'll hear all the information from the website and the facebook page exactly nice um all right then guys uh yeah we are going to leave it there so yeah please stay tuned for the next one i uh, hope you guys enjoyed big thank you to finn for coming on um it's been Thanks a- very much for having me it's been super yeah mate it's been awesome um and yeah guys stay safe stay inside um and we will see you for the next one bye-bye